0: we going to do what they say can be done. We've got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. I'm Eastbound, just watch no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal, some never mind them break. Let it all hang
1: out, cause we gotta run to make. Welcome to Highway Freaks Computer Geeks. I'm Bright Guy, your host. Standing by, my brother from another mother, it's... J-Man, and of course, that sexy November centerfold of the month, Will the Thrill, and tonight's special guest, we have Jack Forbes from Cartersville, Georgia, a former paramedic, and he'll be telling you everything about the Narcan kits from a follow-up from last week. So first, we'll start with Jay. How was your week, Jay?
0: I'm just getting back to work. Other than that, it's been great. Other than all the snow, I can live without snow.
1: But we Definitely. we all got to shed a tear because Zephyr is not with you. No,
0: so Zephyr. Dad. Oh, uh, well, she's I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. She's that's, take, she's, that's really sad. She's, ta- she's taken over. She's probably beating the hell out of Hondo right now.
1: So do you want to tell our freaks and geeks out there why Zephyr is yes. not with you? Zephyr
0: chews rocks. Don't ask me why wow. she chews rocks, but she chews rocks. Wow! And can I suggest like
1: tennis balls?
0: She'd rather chew rocks. Give her, you can give her, you can give her uh, anything to chew on. She'll chew on a rock. She prefers a rock. Well, prepare for large vet bills, my friend. Gosh, ah, she's a female. Why would she listen? <laughs> okay, right. That's true. I want you dog. That dog's never listened to me since the day I got her. Well, maybe for one day. Yeah, but you don't want to compare a dog with with an ex-wife. Oh, God, I do all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
0: why I'm always in trouble. Don't get me started. <laughs> there we go. So,
1: Will, how was your week? you got your computer chair. Your ass is nice and comfortable. We've, we've, we've established that much from the last two podcasts. You've got great... Uh, Uh, posture and uh yeah what's going on with you buddy
3: just been busy getting ready for next year got a got a couple of of uh things from our federal government you know i'm i'm i've kept myself pretty busy but it's been a really really good week it really has been. Now
1: we wanted to, we uh, we want did an update on your mom. You had she had a fall, and a lot of freaks and geeks have sent some emails asking how her health is. Can you elaborate?
3: Well, she went to the hospital and found out that she tore a ligament. So she is now in an air cap. Oh wow! Yeah yeah. Um, your yeah.
1: mom your mom has had some really bad falls. Um, she told me one, and I was, it's not funny, but I mean, I guess maybe there's some humor there if I shared it with your mom, but she actually had a terrible accident at, uh, at her yard, at her work, uh,
0: last winter in an outhouse. Yeah. That is horrible. That is so that Yeah, well, that, was, that was because of, of ice, I believe. Yeah, exactly. She went, exactly. She went down. Yeah, you she know. sure did. She sure did. So,
1: so anyway, we'll get to our special guest. I also want to say that later on, we have another
0: special guest.
1: And no, uh, it's not it's not our It Girl. We're actually in the process of finding a new It Girl. We'll get into that a little later in the podcast. Um, no, we actually have a former drug addict, we'll, we'll, we'll use the political term correctly, by the name of Josie out of New Brunswick, and um, she's going to come on and tell you uh, her story and how these Narcan kits actually saved her life. So, uh, without further ado, Jack, yeah, we, we talked earlier about these Narcan kits, and I'm sure the Freaks and Greek Geeks want to know an update of... of what these things are about, uh, you being a former paramedic, you could probably elaborate a lot better,
4: so I'll
1: let you have the floor, sir.
4: Okay, um, well, the kit that you showed on your site, to me, it looked like it had three syringes with needles and three ampules of Narcan and a blue thing that I'm not sure what that was. It looked like, was it, is it a mouthpiece for mouth-to-mouth, or I'm not sure what that was.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what it was.
4: Okay. Is there anything else in the kit?
0: No, just a pair of gloves that would make sense. If you
4: are trained on on how to use an ampule and a needle, um, you could probably do some good. The problem is most people aren't trained in it. And breaking open a glass ampule, uh, it's very easy to cut yourself, number one, even through a glove. And number two, it's a a sealed glass bottle, so you have to make sure that all the medication is down at the bottom before you snap off the top. And... Then you have to insert the needle into the hole and draw up whatever's in there, and then you have to know where to inject it into the into the patient. A lot of this is going to be scary to a a person that's never done it before. Number one, and number two, injecting it into a muscle there's a lot slower response if, for the medication to take effect. the The alternative that I would prefer to see out there is what a lot of police cars carry. It's, it's' a nasal i, don't know, I don't know what you call it it's a it looks like a syringe, but it's it's like rectangular, and you would put it in the patient's nose and push, and it would get absorbed very quickly into the the membrane in the in the nose, so the patient would get the effect quicker and safer number one um and number two the the downside of, of Narcan is when a patient takes drugs. A lot of times, I mean a lot of times, they wake up mad because you ruin their high, number one. And number two, they just they're, they don't know what's going on. They just wake up and they're just very mad. And a lot of times they're violent. In in a situation where a lay person's out there, I guess you got to take that chance. So, yes, these kids do good. You know, cause there, there's a lot of um, opioid overdoses. And especially now with fentanyl coming in, um, across the southern border, it's a very dangerous drug too, and it only takes like 0.02 milligrams of fentanyl to be fatal. And Narcan doesn't always work with fentanyl. Narcan is uh, it's, it's totally safe for for a person who's not overdosing, because the only thing it does is it blocks the opioid receptors in the body. So. If you gave it to somebody who's just sleeping on the floor, you're not going to hurt them whatsoever. With the fentanyl, you're going to need a fast response, and you're going to need maybe a double dose.
1: So, Jack, to reiterate, obviously, uh, you know, you don't want to wake a sleeping dog in in the attic. But what exactly happens when one approaches an addict, can you kind of give me a, uh, a paint a picture for me of of what one can expect? Because these kids, I mean, they, they painted as rosy in British Columbia that, you know, oh, you've got all the training now. You can go up to the, the junkie and, you know, just, hey, this is me. I've taken the training. I'm going to stab you in the side of the neck or stab you in the stomach. What exactly goes on? Can you elaborate?
4: With a needle to me. The fastest route would be intravenous. Where you're gonna to have to draw the the medication up into the syringe, find a vein, insert it in the vein, and push it in. Um, in in an ambulance situation, you want to push it in slow until the patient starts to come around a little bit, and then just just keep that balance so that they're they're still kind of out of it, but their their breathing's better. You know, they're they're moving around a little bit. And you're not going to have that that violence that you that you could have if you just push it in all at once. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that what their thought is with this, like I said, is for a lay person to have the wherewithal to snap open that ampule, draw it up, make sure they got it all, and push it into the person's thigh. But again, that's going to, that's going to take a longer time for that to resolve into the patient. Okay. Because, now because of the th- method.
1: The time frame on these courses is shocking, and I think Jay can Jay can verify this.
4: Apparently, uh, Jack, they say, "Oh, take a fifteen
1: minute course,
4: and you're trained to do this." What do you think about that? It depends what they're covering. I I wasn't, I wasn't aware they were even doing any training. I thought they were just handing out these kits to anybody who asked for them.
0: Uh, the, the the training's not required. Here's the problem. It's option. It's optional.
4: Yeah, again, with the, with the nasal method. It, you show a picture, one of the person's nostril and push. Yeah, and you're done. Where there's this kit that I saw, there's a lot more involved.
1: Well, obviously it would be. I mean, oh, you, I just don't think one can say that they're trained for 15 minutes and they can do this. It's it's kind of like driving a truck, right, Jay? I mean, we we you know we go course to course to course, and um, it's never ending. But We can't drive a truck in an hour's time. So to me, that's kind of the same concept. You you don't have all the details of of what the subject appears to be. And then you kind of try to wing it from what I'm guessing.
4: Has anybody taken this training? Do you know what's involved? I have no clue.
1: Our former addict that's coming up,
2: she has
1: taken the training, and she is called Red Certificate Certified. And she actually said that the course needs to be an hour, and um, which we'll, we'll hear later on in the podcast. But um, when Jay said there was no training involved or he, he had mentioned that there's a card inside the kit, yes. that just kind of tells me like they're passing the buck. <laughs>
0: Wouldn't surprise me. But the ultimate goal is
4: to save lives. And you would want to do that in the most efficient, simplest way, man. Possible. Um, Fifteen minutes, you could probably give them the basics. Uh, here's how you snap this off. Here's how you put this in. Here's, so, and I, I guess that would be just the, the bare minimum. Um, do they teach at all how to know if a person's overdose?
0: What to look for? What the? Nope. So, Not that I know of. Not that I know of. So, uh, so I don't. Somebody I wasn't there. The park
4: bench and they're going to say they're an overdose, and,
0: and we already had that happen. Sorry? Where I live. We already had something like that happen where I live. And what was the outcome? The guy died, but um, he was a severe alcoholic, like, badly. Like, he was actually passed out drunk. And a woman stabbed him in the chest with a Narcon needle. So, Oh, so he didn't die from the treatment. Either, he died from something else. He, he, uh, well, that's... Now, the more that I learn about this stuff, now I'm I'm learning, yeah, he was probably dying anyway. Um but not still, to you. But the, the the thing still, she didn't know the difference, right? I wouldn't have know the difference. I'll tell you that right now. I wouldn't know. There's just well, no way. I, I I couldn't tell you.
1: Well, like guys, that's like taking a first aid course and 30 minutes learning CPR and and whatnot, and say, hey, I, I, I'm first aid certified. That's bullshit, man. It's complete. Well, garbage. I agree. So, uh, Will, do you have a question for Jack?
3: I do have to say that um, it, it's not that I don't support kids say. I don't support giving them to every 13th kid. Like, oh. uh, there has to be a limit. Because now, okay, so I, I have a friend that was um, a Perfect. drug addict. And they even say that, you know, it just enables the problem to happen again. So why are, like, okay, why are we spending millions of dollars... Handing no, out Narcan, okay? When we have addicts that are struggling to get into rehab because there's not enough space.
0: Excellent point. That's a that's a very good point. Yeah. Can um, you uh, answer that? <laughs> I, again, the the ultimate goal is to save
4: lives, and I I, I know that <laughs> <laughs> addicts, ones that I've dealt with and ones that I've met, it, it's it's their only focus in life. Right to get high. And to get their next score, you, you heard the term "monkey on the back." That's that's the way I've heard that over and over. And to do nothing, people are going to die. So then you, you got to do something.
2: And again, I don't
4: see this as being the the best route, but in lack of anything else, it's something. But, but. But, but there's a lot. there's a lot of potential for the the caregiver to get hurt, the caregiver to make mistakes because of lack of training. Right. And now we get into legal ramifications that the caregiver. Yeah. Fox. Oh, now, I don't know how things are in Canada, but in, in the States, the long and short of it, you're allowed to practice medicine as long as you don't hurt anybody. So, I mean, if, if you see somebody there, you cut their neck open and give them a tracheostomy, even though you have no idea what you're doing, and you do it right and you say their through life, they, they can't sue you. The Good Samaritan law.
0: Yeah, we got if that. If you do that
4: and they get an infection or they get hurt or they die, then you're in a world of hurt. Uh, something like uh, this, um, I, I don't, don't think. Know. Just just putting those needles out there in the hands of the kids, I, I I think is a, a bad thing on its own. Kids want to experiment. Mm-hmm. If you if you give a kid the keys to the car, a tank full of gas, and you say, okay, I'll see you later, and you walk away, you know they're gonna take that car for a ride nine times out of ten. Yeah. Even though they're fourteen years old. So, mm-hmm. well, the thing going back to what said originally, if, if, if they would just train, take out those needles. In the ampules and put in a nasal form of that, I I, I think you see a, a thousand percent improvement. Patient's can respond faster, it's easy to give, almost zero chance of harming hurting somebody.
0: Well, a so fear I would different have, different. you know, the biggest fear I would have uh, using a needle is getting air in that shot, unless that's a myth. I don't know. I,
4: I've never. Well, if you're giving it in a muscular you, you, you may cause it some discomfort. But you're not going to kill them. Even if you put it into a vein, you would need that, like, a whole syringe full of air to cause an envelope to kill them. Like, again, somebody who's minimally trained, you give them a needle, to here, go, go, go save this guy, you know, they're, they're going to be panicking, number one. And, you know, are they going to remember everything that they were taught if they had a 15-minute course? Not likely. Probably not. Not with a needle and a, an ampule going that route.
3: And so... Exactly. Do do the air bubbles inside of the solution, like the better term, do they create any negative effects at all?
4: Well, in, in the amp, I guess it's just a glass bottle. That's at the top that, that the top was melted, and it's got a little neck. So you're, you just take that and you snap it, and that top comes off. But a lot of times, some of that solution is up inside that top, so you got to make sure you get all that out of there. Then you just put the needle down into the solution, draw it up. And as you draw it up, you get to the bottom, you're got to draw a little bit of hair in there. Now, hopefully, they teach you to flip it upright so the needle's pointing up and push the air out. Yeah, if they don't get it all out, again they they probably gonna cause some discomfort, but, oh, okay. but they're not gonna kill anybody unless. They're, uh, well, I
0: believe what they're teaching what? is to stab them. Well, not to stab them, to inject them in the butt or in the armpit. Armpit? Yeah. The armpit? Yeah. Do I don't know why. Because I I have no idea. There's a lot of blood going Oh, uh, there. and there's another, uh, or in the thigh. That's an, that's the other spot. You're usually
4: with the thigh or the butt. And that's what they used to do in the military. They used to have those little, yeah, the little or, uh, injectables of uh, morphine. Morphine, right. Uh, yeah, they, they just pop in the leg, squeeze it, and they're done. you got blood vessels in your armpit. It's kind of surprising I would even suggest that.
0: That was the uh, cartoon I was reading that comes with the kit, and it has red-highlighted areas of where to inject. One of them was in the armpit, and okay, I don't know why, but it showed the thigh and the butt. So you're okay. gonna okay. So let me get this straight. You're gonna walk up to a junkie and
1: That's say, you know, that you know the training, and you're gonna stick a needle in his
0: ass. Okay. Well, if he's O.D. if be, he's not gonna be really, he's not gonna be conscious. I wouldn't imagine. Right. So um, I could, I, I like I said, I I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I've I've never seen, uh, I've never seen anybody overdose. Yeah,
4: I would you're, imagine. You're so,
0: there. Uh, yeah. I would imagine it's not it's 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 not something you really want to see.
4: Well if you walk up and it just look like you're sleeping.
0: Oh okay. But if you you know,
4: you, you gotta look in their eyes, check their breathing, things like that. hopefully opiates compress your breathing. That's that's how junkies die, basically. Okay. So so what's the first thing they probably do? They probably throw off
1: on you. Would that be the first thing? If you if you decide to stick a needle or something in their butt or underarm? Then they throw up on you. Wouldn't that be the first thing? Violence.
4: Throw up. And then, um, uh, again, every time that I give a it Narcan, it, it's been it's been IV. And then the first time I gave it, you know, nobody told me. I, I started the IV, started the fluids running, pushed the Narcan. The guy woke up, and he, he was swinging. And doctor told me that, that he said to titrate, which means you push it in slow until they starts to come around a little bit, because it does act really fast.
2: So
1: even if you're doing the
4: same thing, Jack,
2: that's a good thing. This is a good point right here.
1: If you're doing the right thing, he's still going to come out swinging and be violent, even
4: after you've injected him with the Narcan. Am I right? Not 100% of the time, but it happens often, yes. So then again, again they're, they're they of, just spend money on this drugs.
1: Once again, that, that really defeats money. the purpose. That really does defeat the purpose where... Your suggested idea of the spray, the nasal spray, is probably a much more calmer solution than sticking a needle in a junkie's ass.
3: Well, I, I I mean, wouldn't the spray be more dangerous then? Because it would uh, it would make you, like it would force you to have to get in front of them, right? Right then.
4: If anytime you want to deal with somebody that's a possible overdose, you want to approach them from the head. Well, if they start swinging, you see it coming. You don't want to be sitting in front of them.
3: Oh, okay. Because then they're so, him. so you don't want to be injecting it the in. His...
4: With, with the kit they give, I, I don't see any other way to do it. Well,
0: if he's if you get him in the ass, I guess you could do it fa- with the person face down. Unless he wants to take out a date, you know.
3: <laughs> it, <laughs> is 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 the shoulder an option? Like, can you inject it into into their shoulder? On
4: the top of their arm, you mean? Yeah. Um, you could. That's a pretty pretty big muscle there.
3: Okay. Well, then I think. But
4: well, I, I guess I guess if we have to do this, what you want to do is roll the patient on their side away from you, okay. and then inject it into their butt. If that's your, your only recourse, I,
1: I I just got one recourse. And I just stay away from the junkie. I just,
2: I just yeah, I wouldn't.
1: I just wouldn't do it. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just. I know this. That's not cool to say. You wouldn't save a human life, but there's certain ways I'm going to save a human life as a truck driver. I've come across people that have been car accidents, and I will get my ass out of a truck, and I will go to that person, and I will certainly do what I can to get them out of a you know a burning car or you know a car that's on a cliff or something, but. You know, if it's a junkie uh, that's on the side of the road and, you know, he's all strung out, I'm sorry, I'm not going to pull my truck over and save the guy's life. That's maybe sound cold and callous of me, but I just don't care for the repercussions or the liability, to be honest with you guys.
0: Well, my feeling is that's what 911's for. Yeah, by the time 911 gets there, they're going to be dead. Yeah,
1: that's true. So really, I guess it's just, I guess it's, on the onus of the person if they feel properly trained, I don't know how you can feel properly trained for anything for fifteen minutes. I mean, that's like, you know, on your first date and you give the girl a kiss and fifteen minutes later she says, Hey, I'll have another kiss and then you you know, you start to get more trained about doing it. But if you take kiss the girl I
0: didn't need and she goes, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just using an analogy.
1: Right I never needed
0: I never needed training to kiss, man.
1: Okay. I'll ask I'll ask your ex wife that <laughs> when she comes on the podcast. Oh why are you looking oh, at my cheek?
2: Oh, I'm dead.
1: The bottom line is the bottom line guys is like you gotta feel confident in what you're doing and I think a thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year old I don't think they would have that confidence to be able to do that. Now, that's probably one in a million. I mean, you know, the gal that's coming up later, she has done it. She has done it many times, and she'll tell you that. And she feels very confident doing it. But you know what? I would definitely not be one of them. And I'm sure your daughter, Jay, would not be one of them either, from what you
0: tell me. Well, one, there's a huge fear factor with her.
3: That's my point too. I have right? a huge like,
0: fucking
4: problem. N- with
3: that. Narcan came out a while ago, and now it's just like I have so many friends that have died because they haven't been like they, they couldn't get into recovery tough, right? So like I'm I'm I, I'm kind of curious as to why they don't I don't know implement programs into the schools or uh, start facilities just for addicted teens or something, you know?
0: Well, there's a few of them at my daughter's. I found that kind of shocking. Huh. A few kids, or there's a few programs. Uh, a few kids Looked on dope. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, and how they're getting it, hell I, I if I know.
3: Yeah, and see, there should be more programs implemented to um, try to curb the issue. I agree with, um, like, uh, you, you you don't want to see a fourteen year old kid die, but ha- like, then then the, then the bigger question is like, has society really gotten to point where we have oh. to worry about our our high school kids? overdose here? Man,
0: I'm going to tell you something, and, and this is a fact. I know it. I know the girl. Um, actually, I think she's doing very well now. Um, when she, she was hooked on heroin when she was nine or 10 years old. And the reason she ended up that way, we, because her heroin addict mother wanted somebody to get high with. That's how it, that's how it all started. It's, it's sick. Now, um, uh, apparently she's doing quite well, like, well, shit, she's got to be in her mid-20s now. But, you know, if it happened to her, it's happened to others.
2: Yeah, like, very good.
0: It, it's like, it's like alcoholic, uh, alcoholics, okay? I know lots of guys when I was growing up, you know, 12, 12 years old, drinking with the old man, thinking nothing of it, you know, it's the same, same thing.
1: Well, gentlemen. We have to wrap this up because we definitely have another guest coming on. Jack, that was excellent insight, and uh, thank you for coming on, my friend.
4: Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. The, the
1: well, thank you for you having me.
4: me. I hope your government straightens things out and gets uh, a, a better product out there for people to use. Obviously, your
1: training. Actually, I didn't ask how long you had training as a paramedic. Oh. how long was that, by the way? And how long ago?
4: Well, I, I started out as, as a volunteer firefighter in 1981. I joined the first aid squad there. And then I just went through the advancements. and became a paramedic in 88. And, um, um, let's say eight years I was working the streets. And then we moved to Wisconsin, and I was in fire company out there. So o- overall, with say with everything, it was probably 20 years. Wow.
2: So, yeah, so you would definitely be a, a
1: good authoritarian on the subject. And... Um, yeah, uh, we appreciate uh, your insight. Uh, that was excellent, Jack. And uh, guys, if you have any final questions for Jack uh, before he goes, I know his time zone is a lot different than ours.
0: Oh yeah, he, he's, he's really he, ahead of me. He,
1: his beauty sleep because mm-hmm. his wife is in the uh, pit bull rescue business. So oh, uh, excellent. Yeah, she. Well, they do a lot of transport. Is what they do.
0: So oh, okay. his
1: wife is constantly on the go, transporting everything from dogs, kittens, cats. I'm sure you could have a few stories down the road. And when we get to that, uh, we're going to have a topic on uh, pet transportation and people rescue down the road. We will be definitely giving Pam a call and get her on here, and she could tell us some stories as well. Jack. Yeah, that'd be cool.
3: Okay. Hey Jack, it was uh it was an absolute pleasure to meet you. I I feel like I learned a lot, and ours too.
0: Well, yeah, I've learned a lot. Okay, so with that note, we
1: will take a, a note from our sponsor and uh, we'll be back with our
4: other guest, Josie. Okay, well, y'all have a good night. Hey, yeah, thank you. Too, man. It was you. great meeting you.
5: Ignite your passion and escape to paradise with Sexual Desire sex com. Over 7,000 adult products to choose from, including a large variety of sexy, erotic lingerie, tantalizing teddies, brazen bralettes, va va baby dolls, magnetic mini-dresses that will give you a night you'll never forget. Ignite the erotic side in your relationship. Sexual Desire Sex Toys also has his and hers naughty board games, luscious lubricants and creams or walk on the wild side with our anal and bondage fetish items, paddles, masks, blindfolds with wrist and ankle restraints and much, much more. And don't worry. We have discreet shipping and amazing 24 seven 7 customer service, and safe payment processing. Ignite the fire within you tonight. Visit sexualdesiressextoys.com. Okay, so we're back,
2: and we have
1: another special guest on this follow-up from the Narcan kits that uh, Jay's 14-year-old daughter brought home uh, just a few days ago, and that's what we're doing. We're doing a follow-up kind of the pros and cons of the whole thing, and uh, standing by, we have Josie. She's a former addict, now rehabbing, out of New Brunswick. First thing I want to say is I'm very proud of you, Josie, and congratulations. That is a a big step. Um, so maybe you could tell our freaks and geeks what exactly your history is of uh, drugs and whatnot. So um, I'll let you go ahead.
6: Okay, well, I'm Josie, and thank you for letting me come on today. And, well, I'm a recovering addict. I've been sober for six months and 20 days now, and I have used and abused drugs for a long period of my life. I started opiates when I was 12, and Seems. it progressed into other things. And I, after I had my children, I went through a bunch of abusive relationships, and that caused me to lose my children in the process. So after I lost my children, I went down to the bottom of the barrel in life, and I felt like I was worthless and had nobody or nothing, and I turned to fentanyl. And when I was doing fentanyl, I obviously had horrible experiences along the way, and I've had many of times where I have been od and had to have been narcan That's me, and now six months sober off of it, and I'm here today talking about it.
0: That's impressive.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations.
0: That is. That's very impressive.
6: Thank you. So, I was... So, sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, Josie. So, um,
1: can you tell us uh, some of the experiences that you had as an addict and why... Why uh you know, there's definitely a better way and you know, just to let people know exactly kind of the lives of, of what an addict goes through. Can you can you elaborate on that or do you care to?
6: No, I can for sure. Um every addict is different, so I can't speak for everyone, but I can speak for myself. Being an addict has been one of the biggest struggles and well, honestly, it's been the biggest struggle in my life is trying to get myself back up and building up my strength to even my, what do you want to call it, not my strength, my like my mindset to come out of that dark spot and realize that my life is worth so much more and that I am worthy of a better, a better ending. So I don't keep myself in that area of, sad, depression, not caring, feeling like I care if I live or if I die, and it's been a struggle, and I'm not going to lie, and as I'm sure any addict can say that they have their ups and they have their downs, and they have moments where they feel like, you know, they're going to get through it, and then they fall back down and get right back in it and relapse, and it's just a big vicious cycle. But a life of an addict is definitely, it can be a lot of different ways where You know, you have to get your drugs, and you do whatever it takes to get it, and I'm not speaking for all, but not all addicts are violent. Some have morals in a sense of addiction, and they do things that they're not proud of, don't get me wrong, and stealing and hurting people, and yes, there are people that do that, but again, like I say, I'm not one of those ones. I was the addict that had the home and I would allow all the people that had no home that were lost, just like me, into the house to give them a hot warm meal and a nice safe place to sleep and to help them try to build their confidence up to help them get off the drugs. Even though I was an addict myself, I still always believe that everybody is still a person at the end of the day and they all deserve a chance to have that ability to either grow or stay right are.
1: Okay, so Josie, uh, you said that you were helping addicts in your house. I kind of would, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it probably backfired a few times on you, didn't it?
6: Oh, 100% it backfired on me, more times than not. But at the end of the day, I still can say that I did my damnedest, even as a fentanyl addict, to try and help the people that were around me in my everyday life. To try and at least make addiction and drugs a somewhat, not enjoyable, don't get me, that's not what I'm trying to say. Not enjoyable, but a livable to the point where people didn't want to kill themselves or people didn't want to feel that sadness. Uh, I guess a home to show them that there's still hope and that people do care and that there is still good people in this world. And even no matter what the shit, like all the shit they've gone through, that... There is still somebody out there, no matter where, that they do care and they do want better for them and that they hope and pray that they can move forward and they can level up and get their kid back or they can, you know, go back and get their dream job or they can do whatever it is they're trying to do because we all do at the end of the day still have dreams and hopes, even addicts still have that.
2: uh, And
1: that's true. But getting back to these Narcan kits, because I know it hit a sore spot with you, and, um, you know, you definitely voiced your opinions uh, to me when we talked last night. And, um, yeah, uh, you see, Jay's 14-year-old daughter came home with this kit. And from there, this is where it escalated. And Jay was incensed to uh, be very nice about that, about the fact that his daughter really basically said, Dad, what do I do with this? And that tells me that she wasn't properly trained, Josie.
6: And I can understand a parent's point of view, as a parent myself, why there would be frustration there. And I'm not knocking that, and I'm not taking that away from anybody. But I am sitting here, first of all, before I get into that, let me ask, what is the actual question that we're, or the problem that we're trying to address? Is it the fact that, their, this is causing taxpayers' money, and you guys, as taxpayers, it's causing you guys' money to have to pay for the Narcan kit, or is it because of the fact that Jay had his 14 year old daughter come home with this Narcan kit knowing not what the hell to do with it?
3: Can I interject for a second? Yes. At least my beef with this is you know, most addicts I know they they have extreme issues getting into places like recovery programs. So if if our government was actually wanting to help, why wouldn't they direct the money to the recovery program?
6: Okay, and that's understandable, and that's a legitimate question to ask. And in my opinion, I can't answer that for sure, but in my opinion, it's because there's not enough places to place all these people. This is a worldwide pandemic, guys. This isn't just somewhere, you know, in a small place that we have addicts running around and, you know, overdosing. No, this is worldwide. This is something that is escalating and growing to the point where they don't know what to do. The naloxone kit isn't a perfect, isn't down to a perfect science to say, okay, yes, this is 100% going to guarantee that these people are going to be okay. No, no, no. Don't get that. Don't even think like that because the Narcan kit, which is Naloxone, aka Narcan, is a kit for somebody. It's like when you go on a boat and you fall off, okay? You expect someone to send you a life preserver to say, hold on, help is on the way. So that's the exact same thing as your Narcan kit. It's for somebody to hold on because help is on the way. So, it's not there to say for 100% it's going to work. But it's there to help maybe, even just maybe, 1% of people to say, okay, I just died, I just got my life saved, and now I need to realize this shit's killing me. This shit's killing my family and loved ones.
3: Yeah, and and, and I respect that opinion. I I do. However, I have friends that come up to me that are now recovering, recovering addicts, and they tell me that it was because of Narcan. It took them so long because it just gave them an excuse to overdose again and again uh, and again.
6: Well, okay, and you know what? There is, I'm sure there is lots of people that do that, and you know what? I cannot lie. I have to be honest here. I have been one of those people that have been Narcaned multiple times because guilty as charged. I got Narcaned three times in one day. Right after I got narcan, I went and did fentanyl because from my experience, I'm sure you guys have never had it, but when you get Narcaned, it takes all the drugs out of your system. So it sucks all of everything out of you. You become completely sober. You become sick. You get shit your pants. You puke. You become just totally disgust. Like you feel disgusting. And that's people, again, I can say for myself, yes, they do. They go and get that next high because they don't want to feel that sickness and that pain. And that's just, again, that's people that are being weak. They're weak-minded, but we can't bash people for that, because right now, how can we expect those people to be any different when, look what's the choice they're making? They're putting a drug in their body that's potentially going to kill them. So if they're already down at that low, how can they expect, or anybody else expect, anything different from those kind of people?
3: Okay, but but with all due respect, right, like, Narcan cost, cost the taxpayers how much money? Now... How many diabetics die on a daily basis because they can't get their needles? So what about them? All right,
6: you're right. And it's, it's wrong. It is 100% wrong. But you know what? The amount of money that taxpayers are actually paying for these naloxone tips, it's, you barely even notice it. And I got it calculated down. I don't have it all written out properly, and I should have. But the amount of people in Canada, I think it was like 39 million people, and not everybody's tax- paying taxes as we all know but the vast majority that do it comes off of their taxes as we know but the amount of money that it costs is like I calculated it it's down to like 50 cents per taxpayer okay and yes you're right about the that's horrible that's wrong I'm not knocking that but I'm just being honest the amount of money that's being taken off the taxpayer's money it's just you barely even notice it if it's going to save a life how how can you put a
3: dollar to a life? Okay, yeah, but but in in the same sense, it it would cost cost less money to invest diabetic's needles as opposed to the actual naloxone medicine. So I'm 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 not I'm not putting money over life. I'm just putting logic into this, right? And like I really hope you don't take offense to any of my questions, because our job right now is to give you a platform so that we can address this issue, right?
6: Absolutely. And
0: I'm not taking any offense to any of it. I'm absolutely, I'm not at all. Well, for me, I mean, I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I, I didn't even know about this shit until Friday.
6: Exactly, and I can understand so, as a father being concerned. But
0: I have learned something. Well, because I know how fourteen-year-old boys are. Were they were dumb as a post when I was fourteen. Right. right. Still dumb as a post, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to tell say. you, um. I would have me and like I said to Brian and Will, me and my friends would have been whipping them at each other. We would have been walking, walking dartboards,
3: chasing each other with them and stuff.
0: That you goddamn right. Um, boys are have well, at fourteen. They have one thing on their mind. You as as a woman that was at one time fourteen knows they're dumb as a post.
6: Absolutely.
0: They're they're immature. Okay. Right? Now, I just learned today, like actually a few minutes ago actually, there's a nasal. Why not go that route?
6: There's different, there's three different ways to administer the naloxone, okay? And there's the nasal, which is like the one that your daughter came home with.
2: There's right.
6: A spray, there's a spray, and then there's the nose. so the nasal one that you put up the nose and then you push it up. So, there's three different kinds. So. I'm not 100% sure why your daughter had that one in particular. I know that they are low on these naloxone kits, so I'm not sure you have to take that up with the school or the party that she bought it from. But I do know that all those kits are made for one reason and one reason only, and that is, like I said, to assist in somebody to save their life until the help that they need gets to where they need to be. And it, like I said again, it's not a 100% for sure this program is going to work 100%. But here, let me put it in this perspective. You said your daughter's 14, she's coming home with this kid. Okay, yeah. so as we know, as you just say, kids are immature, da-da-da-da. Okay, well, imagine your 14-year-old daughter goes to a party, okay? Because she's getting to that age. As we all know, we have all did it, okay? Now, imagine her trying pot for the first time, okay? Somebody comes, you her. not the uh, fire, anyway, it's a place whatever, being 14 and pure pressure, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. try it, thinking nothing of it, next thing you know, she's dropped on the ground because, well, Johnny, whoever the hell, whatever, we'll just say Johnny, who served the joint, laced it with fentanyl, okay, then yeah. your daughter's yeah. down and out and get dying, and if it was a an naloxone kit, your daughter could possibly die and not come home to you that night.
0: True, true enough, but there still has to be a better way.
6: Okay, and, well, there's okay, a better okay. way. Like,
0: like, like listen, listen, listen to from, from my point of view, okay? I remember when this shit all started. In the 80s, it was crack. That was okay. the beginning. Right. Um Since then, we've been pumping millions and millions and millions into, um. well, we had the war on drugs with the United States, that D.A.R.E. program. We were talking about that earlier, Brian. Where, for some reason, they only focused on pot. Don't ask. I don't know. Now, we have fentanyl, and it's synthetic. It's nasty shit. Um, yet, we're still on the same path. We haven't changed the path. We're still pumping nothing but millions of dollars. It's like a dead horse. There has to be a better fucking way.
3: Right, because someone, I think it was over Einstein said said uh, repeating the same thing over again expecting a different result is the exact definition of insanity and that is what we're living in currently.
6: Absolutely, but if you want to sit there and talk about we're living in insanity, we're living in insanity in so many other ways. Think of it this way. Listen, we pay for thousands, well, let's say millions of dollars for women to have abortions and that's to kill a person. Okay, we're talking we all, and it comes off taxpayers' money, whether we want to believe it or not. And I understand Boy, that's not the topic we're talking about. But if we're going to sit here and talk about broken systems, that's a pretty fucked up system. In all reality, we're paying to kill someone. Oh, now we're trying to ask you to pay to save someone. Yeah. Well, when 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 when, when,
3: when, when, when I said insanity, I, I was referring to the overall state of how society is in currently. Absolutely.
6: But as we all know, history repeats itself, and let's be honest, is the system actually made to make a difference to better our lives, to better our kids' lives, or to better anything in the future, or is it really just for everybody to just go around and make their money and just speak to themselves and not care? If it's not in their backyard, who get to share. Who cares if there's a worldwide pandemic? You know, people aren't going to care if it's not affecting
3: them and theirs. I'm sorry, I'm just going to interject one more time. I'm going to say this: I I, I do support an a for saving lives. However, I don't support putting it in every children's hands. Like, let's let's help them out of this. Let's not give them an ability to be like uh, uh, to say, "Hey, you know." I can take over the recommended dose now, and I don't have to worry about it. Let's let's actually do something about this.
6: Okay, and that's great. That's a great idea. But until we figure out that exact thing that we can do to change that, what are like what do you guys expect? What are we? What are we all to do? Our hands are tied. Well,
3: well the, the the first thing I noticed was like I said, recovery programs. Like I I have friends that have that have been waiting years to get into a recovery program down here in Calgary. And by the time they get in, they're already dead.
6: But do you want to know at the end of the day, if you really want it and you really want to get sober and you're hungry for that sober life and that good, clean life that you dream of, you don't need a fucking recovery program. Sorry to knock your friends, but I'm a walking proof right here, okay? I did it all on my own. I came down, left Ontario, came here and I had $500 worth of fentanyl in my possession and four days after I came I decided I don't want to be an addict anymore and I lost the shit. It's
2: it's it's up to
6: you if you want to get help, it's all up to you and no recovery program, whether anyone wants to say it or not, I know firsthand, no recovery program is going to get you sober. Yeah, they might give you those guidelines and try to help you along the way and, 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 and address certain issues, but let me tell you, it's all up to you and how bad you want it. And if you're waiting for a recovery program, well,
3: then I guess you're going to be waiting a long, long, long time. Well, yeah, but that's that's just as fair as you saying not, not everyone is like you. Exactly. Not everyone is like you. Not everyone can do it themselves by doing cold turkey. Some of them Isn't need help nice? and support.
2: Is that,
1: is that yeah, hang, on, hang on, guys. Hang on. we got to interject for a minute. We gotta it take is a, a choice, and actually
3: smoking fentanyl is a choice, too. Okay, okay yeah.
1: we uh, We got to take a word from our sponsor.
5: Ignite your passion and escape to paradise with sexual sex Com. Over 7,000 adult products to choose from, including a large variety of sexy erotic lingerie, tantalizing teddies, brazen bralettes, va va baby dolls, magnetic mini dresses that will give you a night you'll never forget. Ignite the erotic side in your relationship. Sexual desire, sex toys, also has his and hers naughty board games, luscious lubricants and creams, or walk on the wild side with our anal and bondage fetish items, paddles, masks, blindfolds with wrist and ankle restraints, and much, much more. And don't worry, we have discreet shipping and amazing 24-7 Customer service and safe payment processing ignite the fire within you tonight visit sexual desires dot com oh. all right
3: by the so, way hold on um, ho- ho- hold on a second right. josie how, uh, how many years clean are you?
6: I'm only six months and twenty days today
3: and and you did a cold turkey Yeah. oh my God, I'm proud Good of for you. you holy fuck Good <laughs>
2: for you.
3: Man, you are you are literally one in a million. Don't ever give up then, okay? If if you can get through that, you can get through anything.
6: Amen. Right? Yeah, uh, you know, well, I, I guess hitting the Narcan three times in one day and realizing that I want to live and what? that I believe that I need something better because death isn't really what I want. It's what I thought I wanted because I thought all the pain would just go away and it would just fuck it up. But once I realized, that I was actually dead, and then I came to, and it was, wow, Chanel, you know, this is the third time even have been knocked What the fuck are you doing? And I realized, what is this? Like I'm not feeling better, even though I'm dying. I'm, I'm still awake. I still wake up. So that means I must not be meant to die. I must be meant to push on, and there's something better and something bigger. Hey,
3: so, uh, have you taken care of that issue? That was, that was bothering but, you.
6: What's that, sorry?
3: Or like, have you taken care of that issue that's been bothering you?
6: Well, I have a lot of issues that have bothered me in the past. Bit. So, no, I'm learning throughout these, this journey of being sober okay. because I haven't been sober for a long time. And now that I'm sober, now I have to address my life problems, my my things that have happened to me. The abuse, the sexual assault, the pain and the suffering Wait. and the PTSD. It's just all uh, coming to me now, right? And that's the problem with me. Well, I escaped my reality with drugs.
3: Huh. Well, I, I'm just gonna say this now. Um, if there's anybody that's currently bugging you, just just send a message to, to, to Brian uh and and I'll help you take care of that
6: issue. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate
2: it. I really well, well, do. Well it's a professional hacker. He, uh, <laughs> he he tracks down pedophile. Just
6: Perfect. Person. Good for you. I'm happy to hear that. I beat pedophiles up. So
2: now yeah, we're on the same team. Hey. Same Good. <laughs> That's I hope
1: you're getting all this, Will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I <Yeah>. am.
1: <laughs> Good. Good. Excellent. So, um, for our freaks and geeks, I mean, you, you said this is a long journey, but you never actually—I I don't know if they, if they mentioned. Did uh, Josie mention her age, guys?
2: Or no. Did I miss it? No. She. Okay. I think you. How old are you currently?
6: I just turned 30 on November 1st.
1: Okay, and you you said you started when again? What age?
6: I started narcotics, so I started with oxycodone when I was 12.
1: 12 years old, okay. That's what I... I I just wanted to clarify that. Okay, you can carry on. Uh, You said you had stats on the Narcan kits. uh, Yes,
0: I want uh, to hear that.
6: So, what I was going to say also is about the Narcan is, like I said, it's a life preserver until somebody can come and help them, right? And back to that topic, it's that, you know, the amount of money that the taxpayers are going to be paying and putting into these Nalaq scientists, understandable, it's frustrating that it's going to come off your guys' money, or off your check, but is it not worth? that life to be saved, what if it's your daughter, what if it's your mother, your sister, your niece, your aunt, your uncle, whatever, you understand what I'm getting at. If it's somebody that you love and it's somewhere close to home, is that naloxone kit going to be worth that money and taxpayers' money and your money at the end of the day if it's going to save one of your loved ones or is it still going to be a big burden and a waste of time?
0: Well, it's like I said before. to, to me probably because I've, I've uh, it's my age really It's uh, I've seen this for shit since I was 16 years old right and to me it's like and I said it to Brian and Will earlier it's like trying to fix a broken leg with a band-aid um, it just seems like an endless revolving door that's going nowhere and like we have these so-called educated people this is all they can come up with, there's got to be a better fucking way. One, they should not have, like, in the 90s was the beginning of it getting bad because they closed down all the mental hospitals across Canada. But they closed them all down.
2: Kicking right. these
0: poor bastards out on the streets. Exactly. Um So there's the beginning of your drug problem right there, okay? And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Now... I think maybe it's time to start opening up these hospitals again.
6: Understandable, because, but do you because, think maybe the pandemic has had something to do with all this right. too?
0: Because absolutely, absolutely. The horses you know went up.
3: A lot of they this skyrocketed. Could, and, a lot of this could be know, uh, solved fixing the catch and release of jails and implemented because it it makes some money.
0: Absolutely,
6: absolutely. You just hit the nail on the head. It's all about money. Do you think if the government, sorry for saying it, maybe I've had a line, but do you think if they honestly wanted to shut this whole fucking overdose and pandemic down, they couldn't? (laughs) Right. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Because it's all, think about it, you know, and in my opinion, based on what I believe and what I think, just like the whole COVID thing, it was all brought a big hurrah, everybody conforms to my rules and what I say. And if you don't, well, then you're going to be punished. And the thing was, I believe in my opinion, it was all about population control. How do we get rid of some of these people? There's too many people, okay? And now, same with fentanyl overdoses and everything. And it's going in an uprise. And they said in 2022, it's going to get worse. And it's going to keep going and going and going. And it's a pandemic worldwide. And it's going to keep getting worse. Because it's easy and it's accessible to get to. People, when they hit rock bottom, they feel like they have nowhere to turn. They have nobody there to listen or no one to help them. So they stay Fuck it. Why not? Like, who
2: cares?
1: Why? And then and, and Hollywood glamorizes the drug industry. Like yeah. It like Breaking Bad. And they make you want to do that. It's like, oh, yeah, fuck, I could be a drug dealer. Right on. I could, you know, we had we had a friend. We had a friend. Uh, this is this is a true story. Uh, he got so involved with Sons of Anarchy, he ended up in prison, okay? Because he <laughs> thought he was Jax. I kid you not. I kid you not, and this is what's happening, is they glamorize the drug industry so much that people do think, oh, I can be like uh, the Walter there from Breaking Bad, you know, I'll just go, and then they get involved in it, and they get so deep into it, and then they can't get out of it. So Hollywood also takes a lot of the blame of this as well, Josie.
6: Oh, I cannot 100% agree on that, but there's also a lot more other things. I don't know if you've, well, I'm sure you've all heard about all the sex trafficking, okay? I know when I got into the drugs, I was sex trafficked for a while. Doesn't even matter. A while. And do you want to know something? All the girls and even boys, young boys, as young as five that was in the group that I was with, and they take you and the very first thing they do is they hit you up with drugs. They get you hooked on the fucking dope so then you conform to what they want. You do they story. You do what they say and then you have to come back to them and you have to be like, well, I need my fix. I need my dose." So a lot of it, it isn't all people just saying, I'm going to be a fentanyl addict. I want to be like this. It's not because there's a lot of people that choose to do this, but then there's also a lot of people that don't choose this because that, it's sad. It's so sad. It breaks my heart. It makes me just want to Math all the time, but the amount of people that have never even known about what they're taking—like I said, what about the little girl that has a toke of weed and has yeah. never smoked it, and it's laced? Okay, and you know it's their first time. When is you? you I just get so mad at that, and that's why when I heard your guys' little podcast the other day, I frantically freaked out about it because I thought. How dare somebody in their ignorance and lack of knowledge in this topic and no disrespect but it's because people don't understand the logistics and what it's really doing and how severe this problem really is and how much it could affect not just a junkie as you guys call it but your own loved ones. How do you know your kid doesn't get a hold of it? Go in the house and you're sleeping, and all of a sudden you wake up to your kid all weed on the floor. I'm pretty sure you're gonna go right for that in the lockstone kit pretty fucking quick. Well,
0: well,
3: a lot of that's why
0: I'm really know. that's why I'm really glad you're on this show because the, the the last person that was on his name was Jack, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Between you two, I'm learning a fuck of a lot. And well, and that's excellent. But I want to ask it. you one question. I just want to ask one question, Josie.
1: Can a normal person, okay, you just said they shoot them up and, and this is how they do the sex trafficking. So what you're alluding to is you're telling me either Jay or I or Will can become a junkie or an addict by one shot of of, of
2: these drugs. Is is that true?
6: Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. You don't even have to do it. You, you don't even have to. To, type, to take the drug. All you have to do is touch the drug. You know, you don't even know, okay? Say somebody has something on the table. You don't know if that out there. You touch it, you can die.
3: Yeah, that's... Okay. that's I, 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 you know I you know do you know that. Yeah, that's... Okay, central, man. okay, that's guys. Why, that's why the labs are, are so uh, uh, frowned upon. But I, I, I feel like a lot of our frustration comes from the fact that, like, it's it's not so much the taxpayer dollars going wherever. It's It's literally, like... It, it it's almost like like Jay said, it's it's like putting a band-aid on a light bulb. Um instead of instead of helping them, like helping the kids, it's almost like they're saying, hey, we don't we don't care. And and, and yeah. to and to us, like we've been like I mean, Josie, you've you, you've been around it for a while, so you would know, but it's 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 frustrating to sit here watching like all your friends die. Yes, I, I, I understand that you know, some people can quit cold turkey, but others don't have a lot of supports, right? And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like the system's implementing some sort of recovery program on top of uh, whatever this is. Like, what is the need to give a a child, every child in that school, a narcan kit with with uh, j- just by you know giving a little presentation, saying, "Oh, little Jimmy." I know you didn't understand that, but here's a clear path. Just, you know, take the Narcan kit, whatever. Now, what, what, like, like, why wouldn't they, instead of putting it in the kids' hands, put it in the teachers' hands, you know?
6: And I can understand that, but I don't know if you remembered what I said, but I was 12 years old when I started using drugs, okay? I'm not saying every case For is sure. that way, but that's the thing is, these drugs are being put in the hands of young, young, young children. And I'm not talking, you know, just 14-year-olds. No, I'm talking like 7-year-olds, 6-year-olds. People are, the amount of kids that are being exposed to it, and I think that they're trying to say, okay, we don't know how to shut this down. This is taking over way too much of our, like, all these lives that are at stake. And all these people that are innocently dying, we have no fucking clue on how to sit down and actually address the actual problem. So we're right. going to make the quickest mm-hmm. solution that we can so not the whole world, they're not all going to die. Back. Because if we don't get something <laughs> figured out soon and quick, you're going to find a lot of dead bodies. we are going to have a lot of dead friends, a lot of dead relatives or whatever. Yep. And it's sad and it's it's so sad because a lot of it comes down to and an ignorance is bliss, as we you know. And you know what? It's not because people they they choose not to know, but if it's not there in their house, or if it's not them going through it, why the fuck does it matter? I don't need to know that. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't involve me for sort the of thing. Where I think now they're saying, okay, everybody in this world needs to know. Okay everybody is just as much equally at stake here as the next one. It's not just about that fucking junkie because any single person could fall through and die from this drug. Unfortunately, back in Ontario before I left, and this is a little bit of a changed subject, but the little girl, she was three or four years old starting elementary school and she went out to the sandbox and she stepped on a dirty needle And 72 hours, it came back, and she was tested for HIV. Okay? That hit the news. Yeah. And that's horrifying. But the thing is, though, is what if that syringe was full of fentanyl? Then we wouldn't just have a little girl with HIV, which is devastating, because that just fucked her life up. But no, we'd have a dead little girl. So this, the severity in this topic, is it's just, it's mind-blowing. And I can understand why parents are going, oh, my gosh, why are my kids coming home with this? But the thing is, at the end of it all, when we were kids, did you go up and say to your mom and dad, or we 20, did you go say, hey, I'm going to go try smoking pot tonight? Hey, I'm going to go take your beer and I'm going to steal your help. Or, no, we did it. We hid it. We snuck it around. It's like that. You know, kids for the first time, they, they don't go expose it. They just do it. So instead of us waiting for the outcome of a dead body, we have that naloxone kit to say, okay, our kid did it. He's on the ground in there. We've got twenty seconds to get this naloxone kit in him. At least you have it. You might not need it. Put it in the back floor. But if you need it, you got
3: it. Yeah, and I, I, and 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 I I think we all understand that. But you know, like I don't know how it is down there, but down here. We can literally just go walk into the pharmacy and just grab one for free. They'll they'll give yeah. it to you. So, 100%. so okay. With that being said, then if if the kids wanted them, they could go get them. In fact, I, I a lot of people I know right now have narcan kids because of that. Why do you have to push it on the kids? Like
6: because the kids are the ones that are starting that at that such young age. It's, it's unfortunate, but they are. It's younger and younger. Every year you hear about the kids that are, you know, getting knocked up. Oh, you're in great. Like, you know, their kids are getting younger and younger and younger. Because, listen, their lives, kids' lives aren't the same as they were when we were kids. Let's be honest. All these kids, you tell them to go outside and play, they're like, oh, what? Outside? No, I don't have a tablet. I don't have internet. Like, what the fuck? When I was a kid, I was outside from the morning up until the freaking morning came we have to
3: come no! You can't, but... are totally opposite. But you can't tell me a 15-minute course is, is, is enough to know how to administer it. Like, we're, we're, we're talking 13, 14-year-old kids here. Most of them can't even remember uh, half of their day at school. How, like, like, so you're just going to give them needle form, not nasal, and just let them run wild? They're going to, like, someone's going to get hurt.
6: And I'm sure, and you're right, 100%. And I'm sure there has been lots of people that throughout this program has been hurt. And I'm not going to sit there and say that you're wrong. But you know what? They're hoping that maybe that just one of those kids are going to be able to save a life. Maybe their mom, maybe their dad, maybe their older brother upstairs who got fucked up. And you know what? they got to run upstairs, or they say, Hey, Mom, yeah, my brother's upstairs, he just don't need And you know what? I have that naloxone kit. I have no idea. how to use it to take it. Save them. And then she takes it and saves them. I'm not agreeing with the way they're doing it and administering it, but I understand the reasoning behind it and what they're trying to do. Like I said, they're not doing it in the perfect form, but again, how can you do it in a perfect form? This is all coming new to everybody. It's like... Holy fuck! How fast can this happen? You've got bodies and bodies and bodies and bodies. We, they're, they're lining up in the morgue. It's insane. They don't have room. They don't know what to do. This has become like again. I say a world pandemic. Well,
3: so, I, I,
6: stressed
3: I, and. See, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one because, in like, like from what I've seen, it's been around for a while. It's just now that it's being broadcasted now. They want to they broadcast, like, like hey, we're, we're doing this. And, and, and a lot of this for votes, whatever, you, you do you. But the main concern for me here, right, overall, I think for all of us, would be, um, you know, a proper recovery for for these kids. And, I, I mean, I, I do understand your point, like, what happens if they go to a party. Um, but, you know, now we live in 2022, and most people already have Narcan kits on them, at least the ones wow. that drive. So,
6: Absolutely. But the thing is, I, I just sit there and I question you guys, this wouldn't you rather have a naloxone kit in your car or in your bag or whatever and honestly,
3: never use it? Honestly, and then, or, I'm going to be completely like, blunt here, okay? I would rather have all the addicts, right, be sent to a recovery and all of our money spent on the diabetics like my mom or my grandma that's dying from diabetes. That can actually contribute to society.
0: Fair enough.
6: That's understandable. In a perfect right. world, we could do all this. But you know what? The thing is, us doing this podcast, not knocking any heads here, but us making a podcast isn't going to change the world. If we really okay. want to go and do something and make, you know, a change, we have to go to like the parliament uh, or the, um, oh, I can't even think. I'm so frustrated.
2: <laughs> uh,
6: oh my gosh! It's like in my head now. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Parliament of fucking I can't. Say Parliament anything. Hill.
3: Parliament Hill. You mean?
2: Yeah. It,
6: Here it, you go. It, you it, guys go called, there.
3: Yeah. I
1: think it's called yeah. the Canadian Government Board of Health. That sort of thing.
2: Yeah. But
1: here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. We the only problem that we're having and we cannot get over Josie, and I can't reiterate this enough it's the needles okay if it was a spray i don't think we'd be having a conversation no i don't think
0: you we would the, really? needle, I really the needles,
1: i all piss us off and 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 after talking to jack okay the first thing he said is the word violence as soon as you come near the the junkie or the addict you better be prepared to duck is how he put it because that's what he and he's a paramedic. He speaks from experience, and he's been hit many, many times and had to duck many times because he stuck that needle where he knew that where it went. But I mean, Jay was saying, "Oh, you are you, uh, you stick it in the ass, you stick it up your armpit," and I mean, aside from you know, that's 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 our problem, the needle. That's our problem. Yeah.
6: Okay, well, understandable. But like I said, I I have no idea why they handed out those exact kits. I can't answer that. But I can honestly say that it's just a form, like I said, to help people. So the only thing I can say is addressing it to the people that decided to hand out those to your children and explain your severity and why you handed out needles to fucking little kids or whatever it is you feel. But like I said, I know that there's a shortage in these, naloxone kit. So I don't know if that's because they've been handing out all the sprays or what it is. I can't answer that again either. But I just know that I would rather have a naloxone kit in my hands or in my bag than not to. It's like that saying, "When not you rather be caught with a knife than without a knife? But that's my opinion. But I do understand where you're coming from in the whole the kids thing and all that. I do get it, 100%. But... Again, agree to disagree, I'll just say it's, it's understandable why parents are upset and frustrated, but I just hope that tonight with my my um, presence here and explaining a little bit on my side and experiencing that now maybe you guys can see things a little differently. I'm not saying that everything I said you're going to believe, you know, that oh 100% this is the way it is because you know what? I wouldn't expect that, but I hope that I just enlightened you guys a little bit, gave you a little more clarity and understanding on what's what and why it is the way
1: it is. Well, you certainly did. I mean, you definitely gave Jaden perspective. Uh, Oh, I'm kind of, I'm after talking to you. I'll be honest with you. I'm sitting on the fence. I am. That's where I'm at. I'm
3: I'm not new to the sex to the sex trafficking uh, scene, as like I've I've been deeply embedded into the uh good side of things of that and i've seen a lot of things so i do understand where josie is coming from with that 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 is not a choice you okay let me just reiterate this for the listeners okay Uh, being forced into a situation is not a fucking okay it is literally a forced situation if if in fact um you 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 happen to find yourself in those situations that I, I I mean a lot of people could argue, well, it was a choice that got you there no, so like so, some of these people just get like literally taken off the streets, put on the streets to work, and you know they're, they're they're fed drugs and that
6: was me that was me at twelve years old
3: yeah and and you know at at that point, it's not a choice it, it like like at that point, you're literally being forced to put that pipe to your lips so josie i i deeply sympathize with you i've 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 seen uh from the outside at least uh a, a lot of what was involved in that and i mean you you bringing up that uh five year old that, that that was in the same group as you that that's not new either uh unfortunately but y you, you know you know josie has a good point right if if we really want things done the government, the government needs to be addressed because you would be surprised, and I'm going to say this right now, you would be surprised how many elite people are in on this too. Okay, so it's, it's, it's not just your average blow Joe dealer down the street. The, nope. These people are go, range from low-class to high-class people. Now,
2: Absolutely.
3: I've seen evidence on this. I've heard stories from uh, survivors, I'm going to call them, yeah. and addicts what i like to refer to them as but thank you yeah um it it (laughs) says sometimes sometimes there's uh there's a bit of a disconnect because people don't understand or even if they hear uh, like say stuff stuff like what josie is saying they're like no that's 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 too that's too much man that's just a story no it's not a story this stuff actually fucking happens every single fucking day
6: you're exactly and the thing is is people are so ignorant again i say that in the nicest term but they're not educated and if they understand it and they hear about it they always sit there and go no there's no way that can be true there's no way that guy is doing that or that person of that high of power is actually a part of it but they are and it's happening like you just said and it's going to continue to happen because nobody wants to change it they all want to be ostriches. they know about it they keep
3: their head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. But it is. Yeah. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of people... Uh, I'm sorry, I just got to say this. There, there, there's a lot of people that have the ability to end this, but they just choose money over, over life. So...
6: And that's it. And that's the, only, that's the main problem we have in today's society. As long as everybody's getting paid, it's like the uh, mouse in, that, in the uh, wheel. You know, as long as that wheel keeps flowing and everybody gets their part of the pie, nobody gives a shit what's going on. Because if not happening to them, who gives a fuck?
1: So I'd like to ask you, Josie, on another note,
6: what are your future
1: p- plans, you know, now that you're in rehab, like you know, have career goals. What 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 is your plan? Can you elaborate and, and tell the you know the highway freaks and computer geeks uh, out there um, what what you plan on on doing from from this experience?
6: Well, the same plan I've always had, of course. Try to take over the world. No, sorry, joking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Pee in the brain.
6: <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what
0: I was thinking of.
3: Hey.
6: <laughs> Sorry, okay, smart-ass moment. Um. So my plan is, well, I'm hoping in the near future that I can open up some sort of program that I can um help people that are in situations that I have gotten myself into with sex trafficking and or people that need help with rehabilitation and actually doing what they need to in order to get up to the parts in life where they want by either learning in my eyes i want to start this program it's called the um, home program and i won't speak a lot about it but it's where i want to fund four homes and i want to find people that are coming out of jail or coming out of off the streets that really 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 want to change and not just sit there and be no good to society And they want to change their life, and I want to have a home, and I want them to be... It's kind of like, um, uh, what's that called? You know when you get out of jail and you have to go to that second home? Halfway house. It's kind of like that, but it's more elaborate, and I believe in my brain. It's so much better. And where they come out, and they have to be drug tested, and they have to do mental health work, and they have to do this and that. And I'll uh, teach them how to grow a garden, how to make a budget, how to do a grocery list, how to clean your house, normal things. And then eventually they'll go from step one to step two to step three to step four. And my intentions are to help as many people in my path as I can to get a job, to get education, to get the kids back to eventually getting their own home and to help grow and be the best Person that they can be—best mom, best dad, best whatever it is—and work towards their dreams. And that is my true. I believe in my heart that is my calling, and that is what I've been put on this earth for: is to help as many people and damaged people. I guess I would say to start healing and to be undamaged. And that is my hopes and dreams. And I'm not going to stop until I get there.
2: So,
1: in three words, you'd be like a drug rehab counselor, right?
6: I guess we can say that, but I would say so much more. I'll be like a rehab counselor slash sit your ass in line counselor. I'm not taking shit from you. You can't bullshit me. You don't come in my program to tend to not high. I'm going to know it. I'll smell shit a mile away. There's nobody that's going to come in my program that doesn't really want to change because that's what my program is about. The real people that want to put back into society about what they've taken out. And that's the true.
1: I'll tell you what, and I'll make this promise and pledge to you right here on this podcast. If you do that, we'll, we will follow up with you years from now, uh, and we will we will support you on that, and uh, we will definitely do, like I said, a follow-up with you. And yeah, what do you think, guys?
3: There would literally be no better drug counselor other than uh, uh, someone who used to be an addict themselves. Actually, you, you really don't stop becoming an addict because it always bugs you, but... I mean, I I feel like you'd be pretty good at it. You you sound like you have a real well, you do fine. thank you, thank you I very
6: think much. You do quite well. Thank you very so much. This is
0: exactly, this is kind of exactly what I'm talking about.
3: This is what we needed, man.
0: Okay, um, you're you you're actually trying to solve the problem. Yep. Okay. Nobody else is, and that's what's pissing me and a, a lot of other people off because. It's like I said, it's, it's a band aid on a broken leg. There's got to be more of what you're talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I would rather see money going into something like that. Yeah. You know, get get the education out there. Get help these people. Like, really help these people, not band aid it, because you're not doing anybody any good other oh, than I'm a ready? politician. Be, oh, 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 the only reason they're doing this is there's got to be an election coming up. And that's my sure. honest feeling on it. The only time the government does anything like this is there's an election coming. And that's fact. So your idea, I would get behind 100%. Absolutely, no problem. Because it, it it's actually doing something for the problem.
6: Absolutely. And I'm hoping I can actually one day get all the stuff that I need to to do that. And it's, I've already gone to the mayor and back where I was in Ontario, and I told him my idea. And he said, oh, it's a great idea, it's a great idea, but how are you going to fund it? Because you're not going to yeah. find anybody that's going to need you over money to fund all these houses and do this and do that. Of course not, because you want to know why? Because they know it's going to work, and it's going to be, I'm going to be successful, and, and I'm going to do that, and it's going to work. But you know what? It's also going to take jobs away. Criminals aren't going to be out on the streets. People aren't going to be losing their kids. There's going to be less, less, and less. People don't want that. They like people that break the law because then that gets them paid. You've got them put in jail. You get paid. It's just, like I said, it's a big, vicious cycle, unfortunately, and it's the way the world works. And it's always going to be that way until somebody stands up and goes to the highest of the highest and says listen fucker it's not working it hasn't worked for however many years and it's still not going to work because you want to know why it didn't work then so why the fuck is it going to work now So, in order to change that, we have to figure out what the actual problem is in order to figure out figure out an actual solution. So, until people are willing to actually put the effort and money and time into figuring out it and figuring out the actual science behind how to do it and the calculations on how much money it's going to be and da 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 da, we're always going to have this problem, and this pandemic is just going to continue to happen. Unfortunately, it's sad, all these innocent lives that we have to lose because people are just selfish.
0: Well, well we, also, we also we also have didn't another, there's also that's another bad. factor that you left out. What's that? And we all, as people, suffer from it. And it doesn't matter what you do, whether you smoke a cigarette, smoke a joint, drink a beer, whatever. If we have this thing in the back of our head, it can't happen to me. And that's a fact. You talk to, uh, well... All the guys I know that have drinking problems never would have thought it could happen to. them.
6: Absolutely.
0: Okay, and that's human nature. Like we all, we all have what I like to call uh, dip dipshit moments.
6: Absolutely.
0: We all have them. Actually, uh, I still have them. <laughs>
2: Don't we all?
0: <laughs> it's just mine usually. Uh, mine usually involve my hand getting slammed in a door from the wind or something like that. <laughs> but when I was younger. It was always booze or pot. You there know. you go.
6: So we uh, all had something, like we, you said. We
0: all, but Whoa. we all have, it's gotten worse over the years.
2: It sure because has. Because
0: you, okay, you so did bring so up something. To, guys, we got to probably wrap this up,
1: because Chokey, okay. I'm sure, he's got to, I mean, he's like two hours, oh, yeah, three yeah, hours ahead one o'clock
0: in the morning there.
1: Yeah, so... Um okay. thank you, Josie, uh, for very uh, uh it, well, basically opening our eyes. Uh and
0: we appreciate yes, that. yes, I and, um you educated me. Absolutely, well, and I love it.
6: Well good. I'm glad that I was able to do that and I'm honored for being able to come on this podcast and it was nice talking to you all and uh I hope to speak to you all in the near future.
0: Yeah, yeah I really I maybe that. maybe then I could get two words in. We're obviously going to have you listening to Highway
1: Freaks and Computer Geeks. So I'll send you a link every week. So do you want to be a freak or do you want to be a geek? Uh,
6: I'll be a freak. <laughs>
1: All right.
2: <laughs>
1: All right. No, it was great. Here it, was,
0: it was great hearing you. You you, you obviously you obviously have some passion behind this, and it's uh, a lot of knowledge as well. It was great having you with us. And we're awesome. ha- We'll, let, we'll have the last word.
3: It was a pleasure meeting you, Josie. I feel like your conversation is going to enlighten a lot of people as to um, how serious things can get and where everything's at in society right now. So
1: uh, we just got a, one more thing to add a little bit of humor to the Highway Freaks, Computer Geeks, visit number eight tonight. It's just been completely eye-opening, gentlemen. So I wanted to add a little bit of humor, and um, then, Will, after (laughs) I'm done, um, yeah, we're going to do the x ray to small-town news. So, from Crotch Lake, Ontario, this time, and that is actual, that's an actual place. You can Google it, okay? People in Crotch Lake, Ontario, my news, of course, are fictitious, but anyway, we're going to do it. Here we go. Okay, so welcome to X-rated Small Town News, Crox Lake, Ontario. Apparently, Floyd and Irma uh, are on their third vacation in less than a year. You see, they own a sex shop called Humpty's Pleasure Palace. Said one passerby, I think these two people are selling too many dildos to the fine people of Balls Falls, Ontario, just down the road. <laughs> there was chaos at the Shady Hills Retirement Centre. Well, Wilma and Stella were quite bored one day, so they threw off their clothes and they got naked, started running around the retirement home. Said Floyd and Steve.
2: Is that Wilma and Stella? They just ran by.
1: Yep, said Floyd, but I think the clothes need ironing. (laughs) Looks like there's a new RV seen in Cross Lake. Yep, someone either won the lottery or it's a tourist, said Hugh Janus. Anyone in town received a brown package from Amazon. Apparently, Sparky was eating them, and the package said edible. <laughs> Female Troop 69 are going to be serving a lot of vaginas, cheeseburgers, and hot dogs next week, along with the home fries. Dessert is Ben Dover's donuts and last week's Girl Guide cookies. There was an odd, peculiar smell on the Byers house last night. Mr. Byers informed Mrs. Byers, that she was Sun-burning baby dumplings, diapers, booger rags, and her husband Ned's old used hockey socks in the burning barrel. Yeah! IP Knightley High School, they're holding a wrestling tryout once again. After last year's WWE-type debacle, where Dick Hertz jumped off the high school roof into a pile of hay bales and broke his ball sack. Yeah! There's a white animal loose behind Haywood Jablomi. It's either a rabbit or an abdominal snowman is guessing. Hmm. Apparently, Bigfoot is also a cross-dresser. Bigfoot has been spotted by Biff, Billy, and Rex at the Cross Lake Woods. Yeah, I've seen says Biff. But why was he wearing Mrs. Johnson's big yellow kitty bra, asks Billy. Finally, the local craft fair had quite the upheaval. I guess Bob Jim got all drunk up with his wife, Misty Sackrider. They were making peanut shaped candles, big titty red icing cupcakes, a giant carrot, carrot shaped like Mrs. Bobbin's fat ass. <laughs> this has been Cross Lake Ontario X Rated Small Town News.
0: Oh man.
1: Oh fuck. <laughs> that's okay. that's too funny. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we have we have a new email and Will's gonna give it out. And we are back on Twitter. Thank you, Elon Musk our hero. Um, So we are back Twitterized. Yes, we are. And it's computer geeks and, like the and symbol, highway freaks. But the computer and the highway, they're they're both capitals. You know, the highway with the H and the computer with the C. Okay, so that sounded confusing. My wife always says I do (laughs) mix my messages sometimes. But uh, that's the Twitter. And what is our email, our new email, Will?
3: So, our new email would be highwayfreakscomputergeeks at com, capital H in Highway, capital C in Computer. Okay.
1: And one more note, we have Zephyr, uh, or Bandit and Zephyr's Pity Fund. We are accepting donations, and with those donations, we plan on helping Pitbull Rescues in the following months. So uh, keep that up, uh, Freaks and Geeks. Send us in those donations as well. And um uh, J Man, we're gonna give you the last word today. One more thing. Um we are looking One for a new question. it girl. Okay, we are so if you guys want to go on this podcast, okay, you can uh send us uh a quick audition a video if you like to our email or you can just put comments uh on our page that you wanna be the next it girl and we're basically looking for somebody who's witty, charming, um, very fast on their feet and it is a commitment, I'm not gonna lie, ladies, you do have to do some show prep for the week and you do have to have two new topics every week. You can't have the topic of the you know, the ex husband or, you know, the husband not putting out the garbage. It's gotta be a completely different topic that our freaks and geeks would find very
2: exciting.
0: It's it doesn't happen often. Um but I got to eat some crow. I really did. I learned so much that I I didn't know that I thought I knew, but I didn't. I learned so much from these two people. Quite eye opening. I was very impressed with both with both guests. Excellent. Um, and we are going to
1: have more and more of those type of guests coming up. So you guys have not seen nothing
0: yet. You know, I you know I so, I am I am glad that I at least got to say three things. Go ahead. <laughs> no three on the show. come on. Are you drunk? (laughs) No. Am I drunk? No.
1: Uh, I know, you're drunk with all the kindness that's surrounding you right now. Oh yeah,
0: all the kindness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 in Langley. Yeah, and I'm uh sitting in
1: uh actually I didn't even make it past Ellensburg after tonight. I decided to have some Carls Junior, thank you very much. And I just sat here and uh while well, my e log is clicking at about two hours and fifty one minutes if I wanna go. So um we'll we'll make her to uh we'll make her to uh Grand Prairie, Texas. That's where we're going. That's right. We're going there. Yeah. Okay, so we're going back to uh The life of Jasper Stevenson from book Temporary Satisfaction. Hey, chapter three, trying times. A pyromaniac or a thief? It was that following summer of 1971. I've become a real ketchupaholic as I was putting it on everything meat, fish, veggies, stews, and soups, even craft dinner. Mind you, this wasn't the one and only time I recall that I wasn't so fond of the red stuff. I was sitting at the table eating my supper when I placed a very large blob of ketchup beside my fries on my plate, like I always had. My mother had finally had enough of my wasting food and condiments. She taught me a lesson that you would probably consider cruel by today's standards. I was to sit at that kitchen table until I ate up all that ketchup. It follows then that she handed me a spoon and assisted that I start scooping it up to swallow it. There I was, sobbing like a baby, tears running down my face, gagging repeatedly, trying desperately to digest that nasty glob of red goo. Did I learn my lesson? You bet I did, because to this day, I sprinkle ketchup on my own food. When it comes to eating, I'm a bit of an extremist. I was the boy who always wanted the largest of everything. The super sized meal at McDonald's, the largest ice cream cone, the two and a half scoops, the largest steak, and so forth. It would probably come to you as no surprise that I once ate a whole jar of pickles. I became extremely sick and even ended up getting rushed to the hospital. The doctors had no name to call it, so they named it Pickleitis. Now, I bet you're thinking, what a real porker I must be, right? Well... Thanks to the height on my grandpa and grandma Biddle's side, I was blessed with their biology. Consequently, I've always been able to pull off my height and weight. Let's go back for a minute and talk about everybody's much-loved animal, their family pets. My mom and dad were real pet lovers, so for most of you, my upbringing, we had them as well. I honestly believe if you had a pet as a kid, it made you into a better, well-rounded person later on in life. My dad had gone out to a farm one day and brought back a black lab and shepherd mix. My brother Chuck named him Smokey because of his black fur coat. Soon after that, we got a poodle and Scotch Terrier, Terrier we named Scruffy. Despite the fact Dad got Smokey for us, he became my dog. However, Chuck was extremely fond of him as well. I didn't like the fact Chuck, Chuck was spending so much time and attention on Smokey, so I complained until my mom did something about it. Unfortunately, Smokey wasn't with us for very long either, As one day at our home on Mackenzie Ave, we had company over to visit us. My mom's friend, Dana, had stopped with her only daughter, Bernice. Moreover, the young girl just loved animals. Smokey was a very hard and stubborn dog to walk on a leash, though. My dad remedied this by putting a chain choke collar on him for obedience. Unfortunately... That horrid device ended up pulling on Smokey's neck and hurt him so much, which became a spot of irritation on his body. All she had to do was come up to him and give old Smokey a big hug right around his sore neck. You guessed it, Smokey retaliated by taking a chunk off the side of Bernice's right cheek with his teeth. Sadly, it had to happen right there in front of both of us. Shortly after that, shocking accident, Smokey was put to sleep because of what he had done to the girl. My dad has made the decision to do so as he felt this dog couldn't be trusted around the two of us. Later on in book three, Road History, we will revisit Bernice and her own family in a more complex, serious matter involving my own daughter. One of my premier moments as a child was my first experience with fire. My dad was a smoker and by this time he left books and matches around the house. So like any curious eight-year-old, I like to play with matches and learned a lesson from experimenting with them that I never will forget. Alas, it was old Tom, our neighbor, who caught me doing it. He enlightened, he enlightened my dad of what was going on in the cow barns at the fairgrounds one day. I mean, it wasn't my intention to set one of the old barns on fire. I don't think the local fire department thought it was very amusing either. My mother came up with a rather unique way of administering administering the bizarre and unusual punishment. It may seem quite harsh by today's lame standards of child-rearing, you could call it one of those scared straight methods that I can still remember those hellish moments so vividly. I knew I was in trouble when I overheard my dad talking to my mom about my escapades and playing with fire. At that moment, my mother walked into the living room as I was sitting on the couch watching TV, trying to stay out of the firing range, pardon the pun. So she walks up to me, grabs my arm, and yells into my little face, "'So, you want to play with matches, do you, Jasper?' she says. I tried to make her think I didn't hear her by ignoring her, That just made her even more pissed, followed followed by my dad walking into the living room and telling me to get off my lazy butt off the couch and proceed towards him. He had a book of matches in his left hand and grabbed me by the other arm with his right. My dad gave my mom the matches and she struck one. Then he held out my hand from my mom with one hand in plain view of her face. She grasped my right hand and started to run the hot lit match around my fingers. The heat from the flame was intense, which I damn well felt. I tried to pull my hand away as my mom struck another match. This time, this one seemed even hotter than the last one. What's more, I started to cry and screamed at her to stop burning my fingers. Now, to my dismay, she continued to strike another match. Suddenly, my brother Chuck walked into the room and panicked when he saw what was happening to his older brother. He was always very protective of me. Even though I was the older one, the roles kind of reversed themselves. Chuck questioned my mom and dad as to what the hell they were doing, was told to go into another room to mind his own goddamn business. He refused and walked over to my mother, who had just lit another match, was proceeding to place it under my fingers. He promptly blew out the match, but my brother was instantly pulled away from me by my father. Again, my mother struck another match, two of them side by side, and again, my brother was restrained by my dad, so he took a deep breath and puffed and puffed, aiming for his target. Wow, I can't believe it. Chuck is successful at putting out the matches again, as I looked at him with a sense of brotherly pride. I could plainly see both my parents were getting frustrated by this turn of events. followed by my dad grabbing me by the arm, motioning me into the kitchen, kicking and screaming bloody murder. He proceeded to the stove, dragging me beside him, turning on one of the largest top burners. He grabbed my left hand and placed it just below the burner's intense heat. This was a lot hotter than the matches, and I begged for my dad to stop. The price at that precise moment, I yelled out, telling them I wouldn't be playing with matches anymore. Looking back on it, that was the only way they made me stop playing with matches. Think about this. If they didn't do what they did, I might have set fire to even more of those cow and horse barns. It's entirely possible I could have even killed somebody in the process. To this very day, I hold no resentment towards either of them. Speaking of criminal acts, another major event happened when I was in grade 4 at the time. I stole a bike from the school grounds one day because I hated walking to school, especially in cold weather. This bike just looked abandoned sitting there unlocked in that bike rack one time, so I merely borrowed it, rode it halfway home, and returned it every school day like nothing ever happened. It was the perfect solution to my lazy walking to school problem. I was quite proud of my sneaky little plan as well, and in reality... I was only saving 15 minutes of a six-block walk. Hey, but I really look cool sitting on that bright yellow banana seat, all encased in fuchsia purple. All As all easy plan, th- as all easy plan th- things go, I did my grand theft bicycling. I thought I had it all figured out, especially when I came home from school at 4 o'clock. If my principal ever called, it was me who answered the phone, acting as my very own parent. I lowered my voice as I spoke to the receiver, telling him,
6: it wasn't my son
1: who stole a bike. In fact, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yep, that was a great idea. How could anything go wrong? I would own that bike forever, right? Well, it would have been, except I forgot about possibly falling asleep on the couch while watching Gilligan's Island one afternoon after school. The news prompted my program because of the news events. And this year of 1971, it should be noted as Canadian events and both news events in the United States were going on. Here in Canada, Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau would marry Margaret Sinclair. She is a Canadian author, actress, professional photographer, and a former TV talk show host. She is also a social advocate for people with bipolar disorder, as she was diagnosed with this herself. The Toronto Sun will begin publication and forever hated business, businessman Harold Ballard, who gained control of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Internationally, cigarette advertisements were banned from being on TV, plus All in the Family was going on CBS between the first toilet sound, flushing, on broadcast television. Imagine that. The Beatles' Helter Skelter was played at Charles Manson's murder trial in California, and young women were convicted of the Tate LaBianca massacre. If you might have guessed it, it was my mom who answered the phone on one of her days off. My principal quietly informed her that he observed me riding that purple bike with a yellow banana seat at school. The man said he had some suspicions that it might not be my bike due to my nervousness of riding it. My mom and dad just didn't ground me and send me to rooms like today's lenient parents, oh no. They needed to teach me a real serious lesson about stealing that I would never forget. The day after they found out, I was told to get in the car and we were going out for ice cream cones. Sadly, I grew up with a kind of negativity of what was going on around me. This was just another example of my simplicity and not knowing what the situation was at hand. Well, we went down to the old police station where I was told to get out of the car. Seems I've always learned things the hardest way, and this stealing a bike episode at my young age was definitely no exception. My parents had convinced Woodstock's finest, uh, Stockwood's finest, uh, the men in blue, to place me in a jail cell for half a day, which so happened to be at night. It was more convincing that way for me to get this kind of treatment. This was a prelude to what I could look forward to should I s- decide to steal again. I can tell you, I was scared straight for a while anyways. That is until the catering money theft
0: caper. We will sign off until next week, and we will say a fine good night to all the all the freaks and geeks out there. Uh, hope that they enjoyed the, that they enjoyed the show and any comments? send them our way.
2: We'd love to hear from you.